Unfolding the eternal excellences, the hidden insights of the truth and the depth of the riches of wisdom and knowledge. The Bible says, I have cleansed thee by the word. I have not pointed to your weaknesses. He says, I have cleansed thee by the word. I have pointed to your strength. And this is your strength, that I am Christ in you, the hope of glory. The glory of freedom, the glimpses into eternity. The gospel is not supposed to be an assumption. It's not supposed to be just a mere presupposition. Truth is older than language, but the word of God is way deeper than any human language. And now, Apostle Grace with the word. If you'll open your Bible with me, I want you to go to Job the 32nd chapter of Job the 7th verse. Wonderful portion of scripture we have mentioned once in a while in passing but i felt that tonight god has laid some emphasis and burden on my spirit to unpack such a wonderful thing praise the lord this 32nd chapter 7th verse there's a lot i've always wanted to unpack for you but i've never had the opportunity and time um and i felt this evening that there's some sort of qualification on my tongue to be able to give some language to such a powerful portion of scripture the Bible says, I said days should speak and multitude of years should teach wisdom. Days should speak and multitude of years should teach wisdom. Because there is a spirit in man, verses 8, and the inspiration of the Almighty giveth them understanding. He says there is a spirit in man and the inspiration of the Almighty gives that man understanding. What do we mean when we say that they should speak and they should teach us wisdom? Because God has created days to speak, years to teach wisdom. And there are many things that we could learn. There are many things that God would want to reveal to your spirit this evening concerning the same. You see, the wisdom of God is full of mysteries. The wisdom of God is a sacred and secret realm. The Bible says in Job 11 verse 6 that may God show you the secrets of wisdom. He calls them the secrets of wisdom. Wisdom has hidden things too. There are things that are proximate and are easy to connect to concerning the divine. But there are things that only a seeker can find. There are things, only some sort of elevation and positioning in the spirit. Some elevation, I mean to say, or positioning in the spirit you can connect or reach or understand. But without that elevation, without that glory, without that positioning, some of the deepest secrets of God's wisdom you cannot attain. For example, the Bible says, it is the glory of God to conceal a thing. But the same scripture says, but it's the honor of kings to search out a matter. Now here, when they're talking about kings, they're not talking about only kings by the way of men or this world, the present world as we see it. The Bible says in the book of Revelation, that you've been made kings and priests to the Most High God. You carry a kingly anointing. You carry a priestly anointing. By virtue of being a king, as Revelation 5.10 has said, 
There are things honorable for the kingly anointing on your life to search out. That if a man has no understanding of this kingly grace, if a man thinks like a slave, if a man acts like a slave, he cannot access what's already availed to him by God. You cannot access the secret things of God. That's why it's expedient by heaven to grow you to the maturity of what God has given to you in Christ Jesus. The glory of the new creature is unfathomable. It's beyond description. It's exceedingly great. That's why he said that the glory of the latter church shall be greater than the glory of the former. To think like a king is to be able to search out certain things by God. It's the ability to connect to the deeper secrets of the spirit. And as God teaches in Job, the secrets of wisdom are double to that which is. They are double to that which is. What do I mean by the word double? One, it's a double sword in essence. That there is that which defines you in the world and by which you can circumnavigate through the patterns, the principles and ways of life to live a successful life in the ways of men. But there's that which establishes you within what I call the inner wisdom. Not every man who knows how to work efficiently or adequately without understands the mysteries or the sacred things of God. It's not enough that because a man has success in the world, therefore they understand God fully. There are people who are successful by all right and in all measure, but they are not adequate to teach God. They carry some principles in life that might guarantee success for them in the world of men. But that's all they know about life. They only live for the life that is present, for the world that men can see. And they cannot connect to eternal purpose. They can't connect to the things human language has no power to put into words because they only understand from the finite realm of fallen men. Because even in our finite nature, we are able to do much. We are able to do much. By virtue of the fact that we are human beings created in the image and likeness of God. Whether that man knows God or not, he can function in this world. But there's that thing that touches what's so deeply eternal and sacred. That thing that reveals the mind of God beyond what the world might ever define. That thing that brings satisfaction in the human heart beyond what the pleasures of this world can ever give. The joys of this fallen present world can ever give. And some people are going to leave this world one day without having had a glimpse or taste of such glory that only is imbued within by experience by virtue of this man who has learned to commune with God. Not all the people that walk this earth commune with God. They talk to him, but not many are able to hear him. Not many are able to connect to what he says in its most purest sense. That is why in the time where truth is supposed to be 
absolute, we find that it's relative. You've entered a generation of men which define their own truths and confidently can affirm and say, this is my truth. But it's only their own perspective about truth, not necessarily the absoluteness of truth as it is. And sometimes that conviction can be stronger, way, way stronger to convince than many of you can think. It's a bit dangerous because sometimes in defining your own truth, you can harden your heart and your neck from seeing truth as God has defined it. And that is why this realm I'm talking about, a special of inner wisdom, requires a very deep sense of brokenness and a consistent one, not that which you apply only when you're in trouble, in danger, or you know, you are in places that are ambiguous, and so you need your way around, and so you, you, know, you break into submission of his will so God should take you out of that trouble. Like when you're dealing with a little child, toddlers, they have a way of humbling when they know they've messed up. You know, babies, you know, little children. They break a glass. <gasps> and then they humble themselves. And in that minute or moment, everything you tell them to do, they are going to do. Not because they innately understand the importance of humility, but because they want to cover the shame of having messed up. And many people relate with God that way. They relate with God from a place of humility only in times when they know that they are not in good terms with him so that he can spare them from what they might call a harsh punishment they behave only for a while when convictions come and weigh them against truth and they find that there's a lot wanting so in that period there's a sort of piety that they exercise themselves to only for a time until they outgrow that conviction and the sorrow is lifted a bit and then they go back to their pride and madness until the next day that same issue or some other issue of the same sort happens and then they humble again those are the kinds of people who they have a spell of not praying they have a spell of not going to fellowship and then tomorrow the spouse tells them, I think this marriage is not working. That day they get their bag and come to Fanero. Ah, ah, the devil is on my house. Apostle, I can't allow this. Huh? If they came in that room and you had declared a 40-day fast, my goodness, they would begin their fasting immediately. Okay? And then somehow, two weeks later in the fast, the same man comes and says, you know, I'm reconsidering. I think uh, we can work this out. Oh, and then they disconnect from the presence of God. Okay? You know, you, you call them, hey, sister, I thought I saw you last Thursday. Where are you? Ah, uh, you know, uh, lately I'm so busy. But, but, I think I'll watch online. Oh, I'm coming. And then one day their bosses write them letters and say, you know what? You are on a performance improvement plan. Technically speaking, that if in three months you're not able to change your performance according to the targets we gave you, we're going to cut you out. Ay, 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 ay. Thursday, 4 p.m. Before the service starts, they're arranging chairs. They're even starting. Said, <laughs> eh? They pull out every kind of scripture. You shall serve the Lord your God. And he shall bless your bread and water. And then they put chairs in line. Uh -huh. Until the next time they are in trouble. Such a person, as oscillating as can be, 
cannot connect to what I call inner wisdom. There are things even the world can teach you and guarantee success for you. But there are things only God can teach you because that equation changes form when it leaves what men see and goes in the world men don't see. The physical realm can be so confusing. That's why when you study the seven churches, you find a church that says, <laughs> God says they have a reputation of being rich. Now that's us to the world, but yet they are poor. They have a reputation of being rich, he said, but they are poor. So according to the patterns of the world, they are a rich church, but according to heaven, they are poor. They are blind. They are naked. He said they are miserable and they are wretched. And then you find a church that has a reputation of being poor, yet it is rich. Or perhaps they are so close from what wealth is without, probably they're not as connected to the principles of wealth without, but yet within, the Bible says they are rich. You find churches where they have a reputation, they say they are hot, they are on fire, but by heaven they are not. They are not. Or say, oh, this is carrying light, this is the thing, and by heaven it's not so. Because the wisdom of this world, it's fallen. In as much as it can do much, it is still fallen. Why? Because one, it's subject to corruption, and two, it is corruptible itself. It's conflicted itself. It's not perfect. Even what you think you're celebrating right now in a few years, tomorrow will be in your trash can. It will not be useful. Remember the first time a man made a cassette and they put it in a radio and it started playing music. That was the revolution of the world. Everybody wanted to dance with that and some of us were born in the earlier years. You remember those radios? You rewind and then press play. And then your music Yeah, Our kids don't understand that. You remember those things you used to get a pen and pencil? Then you... Who remembers? Yeah. If your father was richer, you had a radio that had both play and record. Yeah? Those things used to record. Bruh. Then you record your voices and then you rewind. Or sometimes you record by mistake and your father is playing his favorite Pepe Kale song. And there you are in the middle of it. He hears an argument. Who remembers those days? But where are cassettes now? Where are cassettes? Compact discs came through and then flash discs and... Now, there's memory sticks, SSDs, and we're going into deeper and deeper technologies of storing. Now, cloud is there. You don't even know where your stuff goes, but it's stored somewhere. How? I don't know. You see what I'm saying? And as long as the earth remains, that law will continue taking place. There's newer stuff and the old will be trashed like any other thing. Why? Because it's the wisdom of the world. The wisdom of God is eternal. It's not corruptible. It cannot be corrupted. It does not die. It does not decimate. It does not expire. It's consistently new. That's why the Bible speaks of being begotten in the newness of life. It's called the newness of life. God renews things every day for you when you understand the power of this new creature. Shout amen. So when Job tells you that the wisdom is double, that's what it means. 
They don't only teach you how to live and function effectively in the world, but it teaches you also to connect to the eternal things of the Spirit. Now I pray we're connected. I pray we are connected by both worlds. Because I've seen fellows who understand the eternal things, but they are not functioning in the world of men. Yet God sent us into the world. And I find that imbalanced. Yet I also find that sometimes we have been so given into teaching men how to succeed and progress in the world, but we have not taught eternal realities. And I think that the perfect expectation of heaven is somewhere in the middle. Teach the man the eternal things, but make them efficient in the world of men. Why? Because our mission is in this world. It's not in heaven. And the wiser we are in this world, the more efficient the gospel is. Somebody shout hallelujah. Are you learning something? Are you learning something? Now, let's go back to what I was trying to tell us here. Job said, let the days speak and the multitude of years teach wisdom. Hoping that the inspiration of God will give understanding to your spirit. God has designed days to teach men. He has designed lessons by wisdom within the years that you spend on the earth. When you read your Bible, from Genesis all through as he led men, the instructions God gave to Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, our patriarchs, the instructions you see God give Moses and Israel through his prophet, you see that they speak about what they meant what. For example, God was very distinct on which day in the days of Abraham when a child should be circumcised. That is, day was important of their birth. Because numerology in those sacred languages as Hebrew and Greek is a very important factor in interpreting divine truth, especially Hebrew, Aramaic, and those older, richer languages. They understand numbers, they count days, they count seasons, they count times. And I remember telling you one day that for you to live a successful life by God and experience his best, there are three basic pillars that you should acquaint yourself with. One, the pillar of connecting with the people that should speak or are designed by God to speak into your destiny or add to your destiny or position you for your destiny or stand for your destiny. Those are designed and you need them. You must know who. You remember me telling you that? And then I spoke of the principles that govern your journey of life. Because without those principles, it doesn't matter how many people are on your way, you could actually burn the very bridges God designed for your progress. You can hurt the person God designed for your positioning. And some of you don't know this. You think that by your ignorance and indifference and rebellion, you can run away with it of, I don't care whether they're in my life or not, as long as I have God. Well, you got it all wrong. Because if God sent, for example, Jesus to save the world, and then a man says, I don't need Jesus, but I can find my own God a certain way. That's you saying in your own pride that you can find your own way without God's means. 
Remember the time of Noah? Let's just say those people say, ah, I don't need Noah in my life. I can relate with God without Noah. Oh my goodness. If God has appeared to Noah, you're in trouble. You'll swallow your pride and your inflated ego and pursue where God has ordained you for your progress. Because Noah is not your limitation. Some of you think that because a person is in your life to take you to the next phase, therefore, by them being in your life sort of limits you. No, that's pride and ignorance. They're not your limitation. No. And they could only be that contributive factor from one spot to the next. Okay? And then perhaps you're going to meet another one to take you to the next phase. But we all need each other in some way. Are you following? But if you mess that relationship up because you don't know how the principles work, then you're also in deep trouble. That's why I said it's important to understand the principles and patterns. But then thirdly, I said, a man should learn to design the seasons and times on the earth. Because our God is a God of periods and timetables. Certain things are ordained in certain time frames to define, to align, to progress, to establish, to build. And so if you don't understand how the seasons of the spirit work, you'll find yourself feasting in the days of fasting. Or you'll find yourself fasting in the days of feasting. You're going to always be off tangent with what God is saying and doing. Because you don't hear him concerning your times. It's very, very important. Have you asked yourself the question, God, what are you telling us in this time that I'm alive? And how long does this take for the next season then to come? And when that season comes, what are the signs that I should see and position myself so I would be relevant in the time that is to come? Because without that understanding, you are a victim to every element that will blow on this earth. You see, the Bible speaks of the times when past when we were Gentiles and alienated from the life of God. And the Bible says we were subject to the elements of this world. Subject to the elements of this world. Certain things come, happen, and they hit you so hard. Why? Because you're subject to every element and its change. God has not called you to be subject to every element and its change, especially the precarious ones. When he created you and said, have dominion on the earth, it meant you are not to live as a survivor on the earth. The Bible says he blessed them and said, be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth and subdue it. Subdue it means be in charge. Don't be a survivor. Be in charge of what's happening. So how can you be in charge when you cannot tell the seasons and times? When the days are not speaking and the years are not teaching you wisdom. Even while he's teaching Israel to be a nation, Moses, you see those connotations. Oh, in this year you shall plant. In the first of your year you shall take the first of your fruit and the first of your dough to the priest and the first of all oblation that they might cause a blessing to settle in your house. In the seventh year the land shall have a rest and replenish and heal again so they can go on. In this year, you shall do this. In the hour of Jubilee, if somebody had a, a debt with you, you have to cancel it. In this year, if you had this issue with somebody, this is when you make this decision to do that. The days are speaking. The years are teaching wisdom. I think I read it somewhere that if you have a debt with somebody and it gets into seven years, is it seven years? By that virtue, if you had a debt with somebody and it entered the seventh year, the Bible says you're supposed to forgive them. Ah, you see why you're laughing? <laughs> I read it somewhere. It's in the Bible. It's in the Bible. The cycles are speaking. The pinnacles of life are speaking. 
and many of you don't hear. And so like I said, you're out of tangent with life as it is designed by God for you to live. You're not connected to the things that are happening in the world and you ask yourself why things are not working because you're not moving as the world is moving. You're either slower or you don't even understand that there's some sort of speed. You're surviving as things come. The years teach wisdom. The days speak. Somebody shout hallelujah. Let me break some things, a few, down here for us to understand. Now, when you study the Hebrew word years, this is where I wanted to lay emphasis as well. There's something that caught me there. The Hebrew word for years is shall now. Now, shall now means a revolution in time, but also it borrows the word to repeat. Years shall now means to repeat. But it also has the definition to change. That in the repetitions of life, as you know them, God has designed a grace for things to change for you at every completion of a cycle. Are you following what I'm saying? Okay. We're in April, right? You began January. And it's going to be 365 days. You're going to get on 31st December. And that cycle of that year is going to end. It's a revolution in time. Either by Kronos as you calculate your chronology. But Kairos too has its mouth on it. And then from 31st, you're going to enter into 1st, 2024. That is why we spend time in the presence of God while these cycles are changing. Whenever there is a cycle in your life, I call them pinnacles. Whenever there is a change, an end of a cycle in your life and the birth of another cycle in your life, it's important for you to erect an altar. One, to recognize God's work in your life and express your gratitude for what he has done that far. But two, to hear for the next cycle. That is why we begin the 40 day fasting. We don't just do it as a, you know, because we copied it from some church. No, that's not how I work. That's not how we work. You should know that. But it is spiritual to say if I'm beginning there this way or this cycle this way, this is the altar I'm giving before God. Let me hear the instruction that govern that year. Somebody shout hallelujah. On your birthday, it's the end of a cycle. When you get to that day, before they, you know, explode things and bust balloons and, you know, throw fireworks in the air and pour water on you and, you know, first take some time and sit and say, God, I'm making an altar for my 24 years on earth. Thank you for my years. Thank you for the things you've done in my life since I was born. And now as I enter my 25th year, what are you telling me? I'm that kind of text time to hear God. What is it telling me for my next year? And I start recording these things in my spirit. Start recording them. And as I do, I feel some sort of divine preparation for the things that are coming. Good or bad, there is a bigger picture in God designed in the end for all things to work out together for the good. You see, there's a difference between good and the good. The good is a general term 
that reconciles all things, even that which doesn't work well or that which didn't work as you expected it. It's the grace that reconciles all of these things in God and consequently by heaven, it is still good because it is the good. Who has understood what I just said? Okay, let me maybe uh, make it simpler. There are two terms. If I say, um, I give you power, all right? And then I say another statement like, I give you the power, definite article, the power. Do you get the difference between those two things, grammatically? This is power, this is the power, right? This is time, this is the time. So when the Bible says redeem the time for the days are evil, he's talking about Kairos. Redeem time, he's talking about Kronos, your earthly time. One of them is superior in truth, experience, reality, function, and application than the other. And the usually stuck to divine purpose. Stuck to divine purpose. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. Are you following what I'm saying? Now, let's go back to this thing called shall now, the years. Every end of year, either of your birthday or of your life, or if you have a business and it was started on the 6th of January, every time the 6th of January comes back as a cycle, heaven expects something. God has given us wisdom on how to respond to those cycles. So whether you know it or not, but the fact that you have made it to that cycle and your eyes have seen a repetition, God expects you to establish an altar there and position yourself for the next cycle. Such that every day of your life, every year, every cycle in your life that you can recognize has sort of a blessing, eternal. It's directed and it is governed by some law. That's what it means to live deliberate. Some of you don't live deliberately. Now for you, really are not aligned to divine purpose. You're Christian, yes, you love the Lord, yes, you go to church, yes, and you'll go to heaven when you die. But you're not in the perfect will of God concerning your life because you ignore those cycles. I'll come back again later to that. Now, I also wanted to define for us this word called wisdom. When he says that, I say they should speak and the multitude of years should teach wisdom. Now, the word here wisdom is not Sophia, the mother of all wisdom. No, the word used here is Kokmao. Kokmao. Kokmao means one, skill in war. Kokmao means wisdom in administration. Kokmao means shrewdness. Kokmao means wisdom in prudence. So if I say this right and I'm reading it right, he says, I say that they should speak and the multitude of years should skill you for war. They should equip you for prudence. They should equip you for shrewdness. They should equip you for you to be a faithful and efficient administrator for God on the earth. To be a faithful administrator. To govern things as God has ordained for you when he entrusted you the responsibility to subdue the earth. He's saying, there's something they ask teach you. 
And there are many wisdoms I could teach by the years. But I might not have time to demystify this today only. But I have you for many years, so I'll be breaking these things down. Today I want to teach you this one thing. The emphasis on is one. It's not the only. Don't forget that. It's not the only. It's only one of. But yet the most, for me, I find the most important. It was in the word called change. Now I'm emphasizing again because I told you I'll come back here. That there was, like I said, that you are not going to be skilled to fight because you don't understand the laws that govern the cycles of years and the speaking of days. It might be a financial war. It might be a health war. It might be a career war. Whatever war it is, there are things you're not going to know how to go through unless you understand the wisdom of how the days speak, how the seasons of life align to carry the wisdom that you only received by the deliberate positioning of the spirit when God needed you to hear for that day, when God needed you to hear for that year, when God needed you to hear for that season. And by that wisdom, he will position you in a place where you will know what to do when the time comes. And some people fight even the wrong way because they were not instructed in the first place by the cycle. So then how do you help that kind of person? Because that kind of person cannot only be delivered by praying for them. They can only be delivered by opening the eyes of their understanding, flooding them with enough light in lieu of the wisdom and revelation, touching their seasons and the cycles that they have in life. So next time when that cycle comes for a repetition, they are efficiently wise to affect for the change. Because if that cycle comes to the end and you have not gotten the wisdom to change trajectory, to predict the better, to go to the next level, to connect to the next realm, it means you're going to go through that circle the same way you went through it previously. Not in its own sense, manifestedly, will be a life of stalemate. You'll be stuck in some sort. Have you lived or seen people in life who are stuck year in, year out? They're still with the same pain, still in the same challenges, still going through the same cycles of sickness, same cycles of rejection, same cycles of frustration, same cycles of regression, same cycles of depression, same cycles of poverty, same cycles of debt. It's just the same cycles. Things just repeat themselves. What happened last year is the same thing happening this year. The issue of rent is the same issue of rent this year and it's going to be the same issue of rent last year. Like you disturbed your landlord last year, you're going to disturb them this year and you're going to disturb them next year and then you're just going to say, I cancel. But what do you mean you cancel? You've cancelled this since 2016 and nothing has changed on your life. You've rebuked the generational curses of your auntie and uncle since 2014. You've prayed for your man since 2006. Nothing is changing. Every year, the cycle comes back and it's the same fellow. You're dealing with the same guy. Nothing is changing. He's probably going more beards and gray hair. But it's the same attitude, same principle, same thing. Nothing is changing. Same car. Same mobile phone since 2012. They no longer even send updates on it. Because it's too old. It's obsolete. 
No, 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 mobile phones, I don't care. But do you understand the point? I'm just trying to make a point here. If you're that kind of person who has realized that every year you're going through the same challenges, this is your sermon. Something must change. The day should speak and the earth should teach you wisdom. Are you following what I'm saying? It should speak. Since you were born in your father's house, the same issues, same issues. You enter that house and it looks like the way it looked when you were two years old. Or even worse, they're just wearing and tearing. Nothing is improving. Generation upon generation. Your parents had children out of wedlock. Your grandparents had children out of wedlock. Your cousins, nieces had children out of wedlock. Your nephews had children out of wedlock. You're having children out of wedlock. You just had your firstborn. She's also pregnant out of wedlock. Same cycle. Somebody shall fire. They failed to get your tuition in university, like your mother failed to pay her tuition in university, like your uncle failed to pay his tuition in university, like your cousins failed to pay their tuition in university, and literally all of you drop out before you graduate. You're seeing these cycles repeating themselves every year, and you're just speaking in tongues, and it's okay to speak in tongues, but the wisdom of God on your life should change this, not in your generation. You should beat the odds. You should change the story. You should rewrite your household's history. Somebody say, I refuse to look like the previous generation. Same old things. Same old stories. Oh no, but you're born again. Yes, you're born again. But it's the same thing. The girls in your family are not all married. It's happened to you. It's happened to, you know, your auntie. It's happening to your elder sisters. Now even your children, you're praying for your children to get married. You're now worried. They're not going to also marry. The years are speaking. Only this time, they're speaking against you. The days are speaking. Only this time, they're speaking against you. Yet there is a man on the same surface of the earth whose days are speaking progress, whose days are speaking advantage, whose years are adding, they are fulfilling, they are perfecting. They're seeing greater versions of themselves. For as long as you are alive, I'm talking to you believers, for as long as you are alive, Every day should come with a glory. I don't know who I'm communicating to. And a greater glory than the day before. No, no, I'm not just talking about a man. I'm talking about the amen that I expect you to give. Not because you are fulfilling just the usual sentences and, and nuances that come with Christianity and semantics. No, you're actually saying from the bottom of the core convictions of your spirit. But I must see greater glory tomorrow morning than I did this day. Somebody shout hallelujah. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 4 verses 18. If you read the amplified version. It says the path of the uncompromisingly just and righteous is like the light of dawn. That shines, listen, more and more brighter and clearer. The Bible says until it reaches, listen, its full strength and glory in the perfect day. Again, the day has spoken. The day has spoken. God has designed your path to shine brighter and brighter and brighter, more and more, clearer and clearer, until it reaches both its strength and full glory. That, to God, is the perfection of your days. Your day, every day you live on the earth, it's supposed to express a certain perfectioning of God than the day that was previous. That is how God has designed your destiny. 
Now, notwithstanding, there might be challenges within the middle there. You might be fired. You might be chucked and things like that. Notwithstanding, whether you were fired or not, there has to be a progress of God on your life. Whether the contract came through or it did not come through, there has to be a progress of God on your life. Nothing happening within that process has any bearing on what God has destined to happen for you every day of your life. Some people command their day every morning. It's a good thing to command your day. But as you continue to mature in God, you will command your days. Who has understood the difference? Some people wake up to refresh and that's okay to refresh. It's okay to recalibrate every morning at midnight or 3 a.m. That's okay. But there's a higher place where some truths cannot be calibrated in the morning. Some truths cannot be spoken for that 3 a.m. hour. Some truths can only be spoken at the place and positioning of understanding. At the hours of revelation and divine insight, a man plugs to speak into the next 10 years, the next 20 years, the next 30 years, and those things can only be so and not otherwise. One day, listen to this. One day, God spoke to David. And in one day, made a covenant with David and his children and children's children and made a covenant with him of salt in 2 Chronicles 13.5. The Bible says, he gave the kingdom over Israel to David forever. Now the word forever means God spoke to every day that should come for as long as the earth remaineth. Every time he looks at the seed of David, he has given it the kingdom over Israel. That is not something that is commanded on a daily. That is not something awakened at 3 a.m. every morning. That is something God spoke. And for the rest of the days, everything is going to align and agree itself to what God spoke to David. That one time, every seed that is born out of David's loins, the moment it comes on the earth, there are angels, there are laws, there are principalities that are all bowing and agreeing to say, this one born out of David is not an average person. Somebody spoke in his days to come before he was born. Come on, somebody receive it. When the Bible says that the blessing of God is for a thousand generations, what does it mean? It means God can bless you and speak into a thousand generations to come. That is not something a man awakens at 5 a.m. for. That is not something you speak to at midnight. That is something that works in every kid that comes out of you. The moment your child is born on the earth, there's a blessing that has spoken to them, enveloped them, encapsulated them, perambulated into their destinies and days. They go to school, but there's something on their life. They enter offices, but there's something speaking. The mercy of God goes before them. The grace of God stands for them. The grace operating on their lives introduces them even before they say anything. Why? Because there was something God spoke to you one Thursday evening before that boy was born. And heaven will honor it forever. Somebody say it's mine. He says, I was young, but now I'm old. I've never seen the righteous forsaken. No, they are seed begging bread. The 
days of your seed have been provided for that in every day they wake up it is on its own to worry to make sure that your seed does not beg bread ladies and gentlemen that is not a commanded day those are commanded days those are commanded days and I'm not saying we shouldn't command our days. I'm only saying elevate to the vision and revelation of there are some things you might not command on a Wednesday morning, on a 3 a.m. hour every day because they are not repeated in cycles. Or if they should find themselves in the repetition, the language is not commanding or instructing. The language is gratitude. Because they are already affixed. So the cycle will come. But whether it's going to advantage you or not. Oh, apostle, many men have spoken to me, but none marries me. Oh, are they a Christian? Oh, no, some are not Christian. Now remove those who don't know God. Uh, do they know God? And I say, yeah, yeah, they know God. And then what happens? And then nothing changes. Nothing comes through. Oh, so I count for me in my head that for every cycle you had an opportunity. But some blew it. Some blew it. And for some, you just pray for them and it changes. Because there's an anointing that can seize and cause a change on a man's cycle. Because the man is anointed by God to do. But some might not come through the prayer of that anointing. Some might come through the wisdom of that anointing. And that by teaching, I can instruct and speak to your spirit. To be alert and awaken it. Then the next time that kind of cycle comes through, it's not going to be the makeup. It's not going to be the lipstick. It's not going to be the cologne. It's not going to be that red bag. No, it's going to be something bigger than what your hands can do. It's called the anointing. Somebody shout anointing. The days are speaking and the years are teaching wisdom. Study people who progress every year. If you see a man who progresses every year, there's a secret with them. Seek it. In any aspect of life, whether it's marriage or business or career or ministry or whatever it is, but if you see a man who's progressing every year, there's a secret with them. There's a secret with them. Somebody shout hallelujah. But you see, that these perfections daily, these things God is building on your life daily. The path of the just. He called it the path of the just. He wants to make sure that by the end, you are in the perfect day. The Bible says to be prepared. The Amplified Bible says the perfect day to be prepared. The perfect day, Amplified has said, to be prepared. There's both a readiness of your spirit to take charge and control reconciled with the preparation of everything necessary for you to succeed by God. And he has said, there is such wisdom that defines you and the things around you in the world this way. That's why the Bible says in Lamentations chapter 3 verses 21, he says, listen to this closely. He says, this I recall to my mind. That means in the simplest language, this is the thing I constantly constantly remind myself every day he says this i recall to my mind i awaken a consciousness and i'm going to explain that later therefore have i hope it is of the lord's mercies he says that we are not consumed because his compassions fail not 
23, they are new every morning. And he says, God is your faithfulness. You sing that song, but many of you don't know the meaning of that lamentation. This is what he's saying. There are things I call to memory and awaken consistently in conscience and conviction that every morning I wake up, there is mercy and compassion ready for me to receive. And for such then have I judged and proved God to be faithful. Because every morning there's been a dictate that defines greater mercy, grace for me. Why is this important for you to note? If you deliberately set now, the word setting is important for me to emphasize because by English, many of you might not understand this. Let me use a simpler language before I come into that expression. If I have a watch that is moving, the battery is working, that watch is on the wrong time, okay? I set it to the right time, right? If I set that watch to the right time, as long as the battery is moving or it's winded or it has its solar, if it's a solar watch, it means forever it's going to be aligned to tell time and fulfill its function as it was designed. You understand? If my watch is telling the wrong time, then it's not fulfilling the function for which I made it for. But when I tune it, and then it tells the time it should tell, that action to tune it and align it in how it should go is called setting. When the Bible says that he's held in perfect peace, whose mind is set on thee, for he doth trust you. He's held in perfect peace. You will keep him in perfect peace. Whose mind is stayed. Some version is says set because he trusteth in thee. Now this word called set, it means when a man accrues all his thoughts, to agree and yield to God entirely. Uh -huh, I think it's a message version. People with their mind set on you. Uh -huh, the word setting there. They accrue their mind to agree and yield to God and who he is. He said, if a man just tunes and yields to me 100% and his setting is, I don't take anything that God doesn't say. Whether you say I have stage 4 cancer or not, but if God hasn't said I have stage 4 cancer, I cannot. And that man sets their mind there. God says he will keep that mind in peace. He says he will keep that man completely whole, steady on their feet because they don't quit. That means he will not allow that man to die because the man has refused to accept sickness. It's only in disintegrating this setting and the man goes back to accepting contrary to what God has said and that man is in trouble. So the cancer is not what has put that man in trouble. No. What has put that man in trouble is the disintegration from the setting that they had designed themselves, aligned themselves to carry over the years by reason of what faith told them. And some of you don't know that it's not the cancer that kills. It's the mind that disintegrated. That denigrated itself from the truth God had designed it for. It's the same thing. So when I'm talking about setting, this is not something you're going to rewind every morning. This is something effective today. It's going to enter your head and it should never leave. It's going to be a fixed. And this is it. 
Every day you wake up. Every day you wake up. The wisdom of days and years speaks this way or teaches this way. Don't just expect. Expectation is good, but it's more than expectation. Agree with God that it's a greater day than yesterday. Set your mind. No, 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 you didn't get it. Tune it from today. Wind and set it in the right bearings. Are you following what I'm saying? Be deliberate and precinct on this conviction from today. That every day that wakes up, I might have lost a deal. I might have lost a dear one. Things might have died. Certain things might have not reconciled. I might have been fired here and there. But from today, at least the wisdom of years teaches you. The cycles of days teaches you. You need to know that every day you wake up is going to be greater and better for you than the day before. There is such power that comes to the man who has deliberately told themselves that it doesn't matter how bad things may get one day. It still doesn't change the reality of truth God has displayed in my spirit by this understanding. Again, your spirit should give you understanding. Because counsel in the heart of a man is as deep waters. But only the man with understanding can draw it out. This understanding is to draw out that deliberate counsel from today. That every day of my life that I wake up will always be better than the day before. Oh. 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 Do it for one week. Regardless of what is happening. Do it for two weeks. Do it for three weeks. Do it for half a year. Get into a year. The year will speak. Get into the next year. Do it for the next day. And observe your life after a given period of time. And you will know that the Lord God is true. We have many Christians who say, well, oh God, I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. I'm so confused. I, I don't know what's going to happen next year. I mean, this hasn't been done. This hasn't been done. Oh, my children don't have this. Oh, I don't have this job. I don't know what I'm going to do. Lord, you continue speaking all of that. But God saw all of that. And in spite of it all, still set the law. That the path of the just shines brighter and brighter and to a perfect day. What does the message version say? It says the ways of the right living people glow with light. The longer they live, the brighter they shine. Clap your hands to Jesus. That is the thing that spins some sort of adrenaline in your spirit. And you wake up in the morning and find your feet on the floor. Bam! And then some sort of exuberant excitement hits your spirit. And then you walk to the bathroom like you just won a million dollars. Not because everything is working right. But because you know the longer I live the brighter I shine. And then you carry that excitement in the morning. Hallelujah. You get your cup of coffee and sit in the car. It's rainy. Yes. It's muddy. Yes. Maybe you don't even have a car. You're sitting on a border border. And the rain is hitting you. But that's still okay. I know that today is better than yesterday 
Men with understandings don't hate Mondays. You know we have those people say, oh God, I hate Monday, I hate Monday, I hate Monday. No, some of us don't hate Monday. Because Monday is the beginning of another cycle. No wonder you have bad days. Because you begin Monday with negative energy. The frequencies and vibrations are low. And then you say, oh, I hate Monday. And you expect to smile by Wednesday. No. Or you expect some sort of, you know, there are people who only understand joy, peace, pleasure, only from things without. The comforts from without, I call them. But those of us who have learned to glean from that which God builds and constructs from within. It doesn't need to be Monday for it to be sunny. It doesn't need to be a Friday for me to feel, you know. It doesn't need to be a Saturday for me to be a weekend. Oh, 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 oh. Why? Because the Monday coming is going to be brighter than my Sunday. Oh, next Monday is going to be better than your Saturday. Come on, slap somebody and tell them it is the truth. I don't know whether I'm communicating to somebody. Wake up with songs on your heart that express deeply the law that governs your days and years. Imagine a person waking up in spite of what you're going through at 5 a.m. And then you start singing in your heart because some of you, if you sing it with your mouth, <laughs> even the mice can run out of the house. The Bible says making melody in your heart. Yeah, yeah, it can stay here. Hey, God has allowed you to sing in your heart. Imagine you wake up and your heart is singing. All for me. All for me. All for me. Things are turning around for me. I know a God whose mercy, full and kind, faithful and gracious, whether it's working or not, I'm the apple of his eyes, the thought that fills his heart, every morning, noon and night. He loved me when I didn't care and was patient till I came running back into his earth. See how he turns my life around, made me a shining star. And you're singing this every day. Why I will worship him forever. Hallelujah. Yahweh, 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 Yahweh. Not forget you all 
mighty in every situation you have made even if the worst has happened keep your settings tap somebody and tell them keep your settings defaults the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases his mercies never will come to an end they are new every morning and you every morning great is thy faithfulness oh lord come and let's raise our hands and thank god for this word i want you to take two minutes and speak to god set your mind set your mind speak to your mind and say from today i'm never going to worry about this from today i'm never going to think about this greater days are ahead of me i'm richer i'm greater i'm wiser i'm more beautiful i'm stronger i'm more progressive and advantaged i'm the better version of myself than i was a few seconds ago from grace to grace from victory to victory from peace to peace from faith to faith from love to love This is the power that is going to change every stuck place. This is the power that is going to change every stuck circumstance. The air should speak. My days should speak. The days ahead of me speak. And they speak progress. They speak advantage. They speak health. They speak love. They speak forgiveness. Hey, they speak victory. Hey, they speak increase. They speak multiplication. Come on, speak into the days ahead of you. Speak into the years ahead of you. Set your mind. He says, I know the plans that I have for you. Plans to make you prosper, not to harm you. Plans to give you a future. Plans of peace to give you an expected end. He says, before you were formed in your mother's womb, I knew you and I called you. In spite of what is happening in your life, you're still called of me. You're still advantaged by me. I knew you'd go through this, but I had plans for it also. 
I knew this would frustrate you, but I had plans for this also. I knew you were weak in this area, but I had plans for you also. The Bible says, teach us to number our days, to appoint our days that we might apply our hearts unto your wisdom. This is the wisdom. You're going to fight right. You're going to administer right. You're going to lead right. Prudence is yours. For as long as you are alive, greater days are ahead of you years ahead of you your hands let me just say a few words father every hand raised in heaven is saying from today our minds have been set deeper than just expectation the understanding has come and it shall be so from today to the end of ages we will expect better days greater years the laws that govern the ages to come are waiting to advantage you in the mighty name of Jesus. Give the Lord a miracle of praise. Come on, clap for Jesus. Clap for Jesus. I can't wait for tomorrow. I can't wait for the weekend. That is why you cannot commit suicide. who kills themselves is saying I'm not ready for the greater days hallelujah you're healed you're free in Jesus name if you're there and you say I want to have a relationship with Jesus Christ you've not had a relationship with Jesus and you say today I want to have a relationship with Jesus Christ say this with your heart and your mouth say father I thank you for Jesus Christ because he died for my sins and was raised for my glory today I receive you Jesus as my Lord and Savior I'm born again Amen This sermon has been brought to you by Fenero Ministries International For more information contact us on telephone number plus 256 200 999400 or email us at info at You can also find us on the web at www.fenero.org Follow us on our social media platforms on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter Subscribe to our YouTube channel at Fenero Ministries International Or better still feel free to join us every Thursday for our weekly fellowships at the Uma Upper Gardens from 5 p.m. to 9 p.m. and for our Sunday services at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. at the Uma Multipurpose Hall. Fenero, make manifest.